1: HD Smartcast
2: You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by
3: HD Smartcast Should I come down to you now, take us to the regulatory considerations uh, that keep emerging in the gaming sector from time to time. What are these, what are the concerns playing in the mind of regulators and is there enough being done by the game developers to sort of mitigate those concerns?
1: Sure. So the regulatory considerations uh, and, and why this uh, particular uh, activity or industry is, this this uh i mean any discussion on this activity is is, is, uh, is incomplete without talking about the regulatory constitution It's because of the the you know very unorganized regulatory framework that we have you know we are quite clear about you know the game of scale exceptions in terms of real money gaming yes uh but uh, you know it differs from each state and that makes it a little unattractive you know that uniformity of of, of a regulatory framework is not there. Uh, why is it so? Because it's, it's a legacy, it's a historical issue. It used to be the same construct uh, in the colonial times, post-independence, in the scheme of constitution, this particular activity went to the states for them to regulate. Now, all of that was fine because we've been, you know, back in the, uh, you know, 40s and 50s, we were living in a physical world, and it was all fine for a state uh, to police or to regulate these activities, whether it was a license-based regime or whether it was an exceptional uh, game of skill based regime. Things started to change when uh, you know we move to the cyberspace or to the you know non physical world and we there is no barrier there is no physical space i am sitting in bangalore i can you know access an app uh, i may be sitting in hyderabad and i can access the same app uh, or maybe not so so the the fact that the regulatory framework is scattered around around the states uh, with the various states that creates some sort of a, a differentiating factor there's no uniformity uh that has resulted in some of the states taking uh, very drastic measures uh, in terms of uh, completely blocking or completely uh, you know prohibiting uh even 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 you know any money based skills so so uh, just taking a step back you know we're talking about uh, gaming in various sense social gaming is fine you know when you're playing casually it's fine it becomes a regulatory issue when you're talking about uh, the stake-based gaming, where there are money or money equivalent stakes involved. And th- that's where the regulatory framework is, is comes into picture. So so we have, uh, you know, the, the the lack of coherent or a uniform policy has resulted in various uh, distractions. For example, as recently as last month, Andhra Pradesh has banned uh, online gaming, real money gaming. Uh, it has just taken the same route as Telangana, even when you read the law, it's, it's almost verbatim well to what Telangana wrote uh, back in 2017, that uh, uh, enactment is pending before the Telangana High Court. Uh, but, uh, you know, so now, now you, when you see that a state like Andhra Pradesh has taken that drastic step, the impact of that on, uh, on, on the industry is huge because the, especially on card games uh, southern market is the biggest market and when a prominent state prohibits it it takes a huge impact on the user base on the on, on the activity on the top line directly uh, and and uh, what uh, what is what has also happened on account of uh, these things is that it's uh, it's a, a knee jerk reaction there were some issues there are you know legitimate operators who want to operate freely and uh, you know very well within the bounds of law and there are operators who want to just exploit the regulatory void and make a quick buck and move out it was those operators that the government wanted to target but these kind of measures end up targeting the actual genuine operators who want to do business properly within the bounds of law they will just move out of those states they will just not offer their services in those states because it's it's not viable for them at the same time do you think it's going to impact the 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 other operators who were ta- who were the actual target of this uh, kind of a regulatory activity, I don't think so. Uh, another issue that has come recently again is uh, uh, the same uh, state government has written to the central government asking for banning of various apps, uh, where uh, which has covered apps which are not even into real money gaming; they are into social gaming or casual gaming and an application has been made to the central government because central government is the uh, government which has the power to control uh, or, or rather regulate internet under the information technology act uh, they've they've uh, gone ahead and written given a list of apps which are not even real money gaming so so that is where i would see that that the regulatory on the regulatory front we have not done enough there is a lot of push there is you know industry bodies who are uh, seeking self regulation there are a lot of uh, i mean the law commission of india came up with a report seeking some sort of a regulation of the activity there is a lot of discussion that is happening in the recent past there is a lot of courts uh, have come down on state government saying that you know why is you why is it that you're not doing something about the the illegal activities that are taking place in the states but all of that which should ideally result in a discourse and some sort of a public consultation towards a uniform regulatory framework it's, it's not happening. On the opposite, what is happening is that you will see these kind of knee-jerk reactions and which have the potential to, you know, scuttle the industry in the long run, in the, in the short term, in the, in, 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 in the long run. So that is where, uh, you know, a lot of work needs to be done on the regulatory framework. Unfortunately, our, I mean uh, we have to work towards uh, a uniform framework, which is difficult in the scheme of constitution, but there are ways if, if public policy... Uh, a, a regulatory discourse uh, is to be uh, made. There are ways where you can look towards a uniform uh, regulatory framework.
3: Okay. Uh, Naveen, I come to you now. I think we just heard from Rishab, and he said that there's enough not being done on the regulatory side and there needs to be enough push that is required. Perhaps the regulations look very unorganized. I come down to you. I mean, uh, you run a pretty large gaming company. I mean, do you have any specific asks from the government regulatory perspective?
4: Yeah, sorry. So I think uh, you should have uh, captured almost everything. Um, uh, frameworks from a government perspective would definitely help. Uh, um, right? It's, again, a perception issue uh, whether uh, whether online gaming is doing any harm or it isn't doing any harm. Because obviously, corner cases exist everywhere, right? You uh, you take risk in entrepreneurship also, right? Yeah, isn't it? You sort of start, you invest money, you don't know whether it will pan out or it will not pan out. Uh, there are entrepreneurs who have had really bad mental health after not being able to raise money or you know shut down their company. It could happen with food, right? Overeating, uh, overeating causes health issues also. So I think it's more about a framework, more about... Uh, creating some sort of boundaries, frameworks, coming up with some sort of structures wherein, uh, you know, government can come up with, uh, but I think it's not right to say that it is wrong and let's ban it.
3: Okay, so Naveen's point is that we kind of a blanket ban. Rather help us understand that, you
2: know, what does that really mean, you know? Yeah, I think uh, what we're talking about is that with any regulation uh, and specifically uh, with people who have put in money in that space, whether it be investors, be promoters or anybody for that matter, they're looking at three things. The A, the regulation should be clear. It should be uh, simple and and clear in terms of what is skill based, what's not skill based, what you are looking at and so on and so forth. Second, it has to be consistent. That's where uh, Rishabh is also pointing out that certain states take a certain view, and there are certain other states take a different view. So it has to be consistent across the board on what is uh, uh, legitimate and what is not possible. Uh, and then the the entire part about it has to be light touch. Uh, and, and that's where a lot of the uh, things are evolving. Now, every two months, there is a new model that is coming up. So. It's not that the regulatory can get into everything, but it has to be light touch. What some of the operators and also some of the investors and investors in particular are holding on to money because they do not they see some of this as a risk and they see some of this changing, like the Andhra Pradesh brand that we spoke about and other things changing very rapidly. And these are things which can completely throw away the projections and and the future revenue models from that point. So unless we have a clear uh, regulation, which is also uh, consistent, and then it is light touch or concise, uh, uh, the deal flow in this space will be restricted from that point of view, because it's a high risk. uh, That along with the other thing that the government is already starting to do is incentives and support for local gaming development are, I think, the two things we need to make this uh, work.
3: Okay. So basically, clarity on regulation front is very important, both for the investor and for the entrepreneur. Otherwise, the risk in the sector will be very high. Uh, Naveen, I want to understand from you in terms of the challenges, you know, while growing the gaming company, what truly really are those? He spoke about the opportunities. He spoke about the fact that the growth can be monetization in the near term or the long term. He spoke about the big tech monopolistic see if they are so we spoke about the regulatory aspect. But what about the challenges? You know, challenges of building out a gaming company, what should we address?
4: Um, see, I think um, uh so I spend most of my life living outside India. Um I think the ecosystem in India is still naive in terms of when you are building a startup, right? Uh how far ahead do you think about it? Uh, how robust and scalable system are you able to build? Wherein if you don't, then it's very difficult to engage players, engage customers. And I think that's the biggest challenge. Are we thinking ahead, right? How far are we thinking? Are we able to create a product which uh, would entice our customers one year down the line? Because if we start today, then you're gonna have something in six months or one year down the line. Um, uh, I think those are some broader challenges specifically to gaming since uh, the market is naive in India with very few companies. Um, I think um, awareness about gaming, uh, concepts about gaming, perception about gaming is still something which is not taken in the right direction. Um, Talent is a problem. Because there are very few companies uh, compared to, say, US, uh, Europe, et cetera. Um, But I think we are in that direction. There are more and more uh, companies coming up. Uh, People do want to work in gaming because it is exciting. It does offer lots of challenges in terms of um, technology, designing pieces that actually excites people. And you can see the results immediately. That's the best part here, right? implement something tomorrow and you'll see day after whether players are engaging more or not. Unlike some other companies where you have to wait a certain period of time. So um, I think we are going there. Uh, We are in the right direction. Uh, But yeah, it'll take some time.
3: Okay. The last round of discussion is about the future of the gaming sector and where do we go from here, the closing trend. So I want like key two or three trends from each one of you, and then we can wrap up the discussion here. I begin with you, Raghav, if you were to give me like the key two or three trends which will define the future of the gaming sector, what would those really be?
2: Now, cloud gaming is becoming very uh, prominent, which means that suddenly you're not held to any app store or you're not held to uh, any particular device. For that matter, it can cut across devices, cut across operating systems. And if that happens, That is going to be a complete revolution in the gaming market from that point. The second uh, is is that there is the gaming uh, content is evolving. There is a lot of AR, VR coming in and the interaction uh, which is happening is also very predominant. Uh, So that I think will also change the future of gaming from that point of view. And finally, the monetization part of it. Now with the the integrations uh, and the ease to pay, uh, what used to be three years back very difficult with hardly 36, 37 million credit card users, debit card plus credit card, today you have 100 million, uh, 200 million plus people using uh, financial instruments, which is improving the subscription and the in-app purchases. So I think the monetization is the other thing that will grow from that point of view. So those two, three things are very important. And the last thing is obviously if 5G comes in, uh, then the the entire uh, uh, you know more heavy gaming, uh, happening as network gaming on the mobile will also become prominent. So I think those are the three, four things. The future is very robust. Uh, how much of the future does India capture? That is the key question. Uh, like Naveen said, India is the biggest cauldron to test something. Uh, uh, let me just take a minute on this. India probably is the largest open digital market because China is still slightly closed to grow any digital inc- ecosystem, including gaming. Right? But the problem is that Uh, India still lacks the frameworks in terms of funding, in terms of the entire support ecosystem where you develop a game, you actually take it up, you build the entire things of putting it up in an app store, market it, build the entire market tools for retaining the customers, getting into in-app payments. So that entire ecosystem is missing. So what people do is they set it up in the Valley, get some funding, and then very quickly come to India to grow the numbers, right? But that needs to change. That needs to be reversed. So the key question is, gaming is going to be robust. It's going to be a huge growth market. But how much does India capture of that in revenue terms is going to be critical? There?
3: Okay, so gaming has golden days ahead. But where is India really placed in the ecosystem is a large question to ask. And we need robust framework for that. I come down to you, Rishabh, and then we'll get down to Davin for this too.
1: Sure. So the way I see it is this... Uh... E uh, sports uh, you know, esports is going to be a big thing. It's already start, it's gaining a lot of traction, and I think uh, one of my co-panelists mentioned that one of the reasons was that you know the fantasy uh, void that was there during the pandemic was filled in by you know RMG and uh, by esports as well. So esports, to my mind, is going to be a a, a key uh, you know factor uh, going forward, and uh, also a lot of uh, operators are now you know instead of you know having one or two games they are, they are widening their portfolios uh that is for both from from a you know user uh, retention perspective sometimes you know there is no uh, there's no real world tournament happening so what do the fantasy world uh, what fantasy operators do they will they will come up with some other games and now that kind of a testing has resulted in them actually gaining good traction in those other games so that is also going to uh, to my mind uh, is is going to be a key where uh, you will find a lot of you know uh, a lot of big players getting into portfolios of games rather than focusing on one or two games uh, and and uh, you know certainly on the regulatory front I think uh, there has to be a, a concerted effort of, of of all of us to to you know to to have some sort of a public discourse on this issue, as to you know everyone likes gaming. It's a good mode of entertainment, and it's it's why why you know put a paint it in a in a, in a bad uh, picture. Why 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 uh, you know ban it? It's, it's you know we can all enjoy it you know as as a business activity or as a consumer. Uh, so far as it is, it's responsible gaming. There are a lot of, uh, you know, companies who are most of the legitimate operators, most of the key operators in India are actually, you know, making a huge effort towards responsible gaming, counseling their users. Uh, and, you know, uh, to, to, on that front, I think, you know, if, if some sort of a, there has to be more discussion and there has to be more uh, uh, push towards, uh, you know, uh, uh, an open framework, which is like, like I think uh, Raghav said, a light touch, but which is uh, you know, which 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 takes care of the concerns that they are that, that are being sought to be uh, uh, you know covered in, in the regulatory framework, but not in this.
3: Okay, uh, Naveen, I, it's surprising to me that none of you have actually mentioned or even talked about artificial intelligence or machine learning here, or even virtual reality or augmented reality, and we're talking about a subject like gaming. So isn't that a big part of the narrative on the future of gaming sector?
4: Um, See, I think artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, all these are algorithms, technologies that can be widely applied in almost all sectors, right? Um, Mixed reality is used extensively in training, right? uh firefighting training etc right they simulate things and then uh, uh, so i think uh, all of these technologies have application in gaming uh we can use ar vr to sort of create a three dimensional view of a game like you know traditional slot games which are played on a 2d screen can be now experienced in a 3d screen um so i think all of these technologies can definitely be used in several ways uh, machine learning can definitely be used in understanding player behavior uh, you know how they interact with our uh, ecosystem what sort of offers to be given them um, but what i think is uh, the the main uh, reason why gaming would be adopted is the use in education sector and skill building so poker as such is being used as a game to teach strategy in MBA schools, right? Um, uh, so uh, when I was doing MBA, the there were courses in marketing strategy, and there were games we actually have to play. It's called Mark Strat or something like that, right? Uh, so these are the ways where you can teach strategy. You can teach uh, several life-building skills. Uh, and it's not just poker, but uh, just to give you an example, right? If someone is actually learning to play an instrument, that's the only way to practice listening skills. Until and unless you listen to a particular piece or a song extremely well, you will not be able to play it effectively with the timing, with the rhythm, with the tempo. Right. So there are these things which are called skill building skills. Second aspect to it is gamification within the education sector, specifically in k 12 right? where you teach uh, some specific concepts to kids. And I see a lot of evolution of these games being applied in education, both for uh, both for students applying it on their own, right, and for teachers to use those games in order to impart education about particular concepts. Um, that I think would be the next evolution in the next four or five years of mix of education and gaming
3: okay and now it's time for the fun segment and we're talking about a topic like gaming and i would not let any of you go without you mentioning to me which have been the games which you have been binge gaming during the pandemic and i'll start with you naveen and you can't mention any of the games by com here so basically i uh don't play
4: uh, games which are not Poker or Rummy. I generally play these <laughs> games. Uh, uh, but other than that, because kids were at home and you know, this time they don't understand why I'm at home and not playing with them. Um, uh, so I have been exposed to a little bit of gamification in education and that's how this correlation is coming up. And uh, I've been trying to play a few games which actually test the thinking abilities of the kids, right? So uh, it's about, uh, in a very uh, important way, they try to demonstrate, given these puzzles, how do you place them into certain squares? And it's not about solving it. It's about which one would you pick first and which second? So it's about those thinking abilities which they are trying to build uh, with those games. And if you evolve, right? these games are like going forward games of poker for, uh, mature kids to be able to pick up some skills.
3: Okay, what about you, Raghav?
2: Well, I'm, I'm more a core gamer, so I do a lot of real-time strategy games, uh, and that's what I play. But I think in the in in the uh, lockdown, there have been a lot of interactive games. Interactive games are very small games, uh, uh, which you actually uh, watch on TV and play along. Uh, and and there is a lot of interactive games on IPL quizzes and so on and so forth. That's what I've been engaged in. But otherwise, I'm a core gamer. I stick to my real-time strategy
1: with play over long hours.
3: What about the lawyer here? What kind of game does a lawyer like?
1: I, I do like uh, like uh, quizzing uh, uh, every now and then when I get time. And also, casual gaming. I wouldn't say that I I, 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 I really don't get too much time to play. But yes, console gaming a little bit. and. Uh, and, and, and even casual games on, on cell phone on, on the go, That that's uh, that's how I go about it.
3: Okay. And my last question to this panel is an open question that, you know, uh, I have seen the technology sector investments really coming in waves. You know, I think if I were to talk about it, uh, the first IT wave was about the light like of Infosys that was built and really put India software on the global map. The second was Sachin Bansal's company, Flipkart, where a lot of sort of momentum got built there. The second was fintech. The third was, of course, the entire top with a SaaS opportunity. Now, why doesn't gaming get discussed in the same breath ever in terms of creating more unicorns or decacorns as they're called? Will we see that soon ever coming out of India?
2: Yeah, I think it is already starting to happen with Dream 11 and, and those kind of uh, guys sort of stepping out into that space. So suddenly you have a gaming unicorn coming up in a very short while. Uh, there is also education unicorns coming up, which also include a lot of AR, VR gaming elements from that point of view. So I would presume that uh, in this particular sector, there are certainly going to be real money gaming, fantasy gaming guys who are who are going to get unicorn status very, very fast. Uh, and, and the time period to get there could be a lot shorter than some of the other spaces in fintech and other things that you spoke about. Because in gaming, you can accumulate 100 million gamers and so on and so forth. If PUBG, if it was, if, if you just look at PUBG Mobile in India, if you do not look at Tencent and whatever, that was a unicorn made in, in a few months for that matter. So so there are companies like Dream11, there is Nordwind, uh, Nazara. There are many other companies coming up. And I see them becoming unicorns
4: very soon.
3: Okay. Atta is going to be there very soon. You'll hear it. <laughs> Okay. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for your time and energy to this. It was a very meaningful discussion. I do hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And the time I see you next, goodbye and good luck. And he's wishing you and yours a very healthy and safe sort of Diwali going forward. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Next, thanks,
3: everyone. Thank you, everybody.